Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Sports Puzzle Podcast. It's been a it's been a little bit since the last episode, uh, but we got a schedule. We got an agenda going here today. Uh, this is Brandon, your host. You can reach me at on Twitter is probably the best at Sports Puzzle, all one world word at Sports Puzzle. Uh, we're going to talk today about the Olympics, MLB free agency, the NBA All-Star game, um, or the All-Star, kind of all the, all the events, um, and that's about it, but there's going to be a lot that we're going to cover. Okay, so, the Olympics is the first thing I'm going to talk about because I am a big believer of the Olympics, and I am a big fan. I've always been a fan watching them every the summer and the winter. Winter's pretty awesome. Um, the summer is just as awesome as well because there's a good mix of sports. Uh, but so far, uh, Norway and Germany are kind of kicking butt right now in the medal standings. Uh, so yeah, I guess I'll just break it down. So Norway, from whenever I took these stats, sometime February 21st, kind of a lot happened, but um, this is all, this is the, I guess the standings for the medal count. We'll start with that, and then I'm going to break down all of the USA, all of the medals, what, uh, what they got, who got it, what event and whatnot. So here we go. Norway is in the lead with 13 golds, 11 silvers, nine bronze, so 33 total. Germany in second place has 12 golds, seven silvers, five bronze. They have 24 points. Third place is Canada with nine golds, five silver, seven bronze for a total of 21 points. The Netherlands are in fourth place with six gold, six silver, four bronze for a total of 16. And the USA is tied for the Netherlands, I guess, in fourth place. Uh, yeah, with 16. We have... No, I'm just going to leave that... I'm not going to say what we got yet, because I'm going to break it down. Okay, so all of our medal count, all 16 medals... 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. we got to make sure I had them all. Um, are... On my sheet of paper that I prepared, and I'm going to read what they did. So on February 11th was our first medal. That was Redmond Gerard in the men's slope-style snowboarding uh, event. So he won the gold. On February 11th, Chris Mazdezer. Mazdezer, Mazder, Chris Mazder, men's singles in the luge. So I believe that's on your back, and I believe the skeleton is going forward with your face first. Um, he got silver for the United States. So all of them that I'm listing, yes, obviously is the United States of America. That's all that happened on February 11th is we had two medals, a gold and a silver. 
February 12th, the next day, there was Team USA won a figure skating team event. They got bronze. There was another U.S. women's Jamie Anderson, ladies slope style and snowboarding. She won gold. And that's it for February 12th. Two medals again. We got a bronze and a gold. February 13th. We had Chloe Kim. Now I'm going to just say that I, I haven't watched all of these, but definitely saw a reaction to this performance. But yeah, Chloe Kim, she's the lady at women's half pipe. Um, and snowboarding, she's 17 years old. Uh, she won gold. And it was not real close to the rest of the field. Um, she was kind of by far the dominant until she was on another level than the other participants. Um, so yeah, I had to call that out there. And, okay. And we had another goal on February 13th, which was, which was Ariel Gold. The ladies half pipe in snowboarding. And she ended up winning bronze. Um... There we go. That's another two on February 13th. Chloe, Klim, Kim, <laughs> and Ariel Gold. A gold and a bronze. Next, on February 14th, on Valentine's Day, some of you guys might know this name. Guys or gals listening. Uh, Sean White. And if you don't know who Sean White is, and you're... Over the age of 16, then um, you should know him. He is a ridiculously good snowboarder at the half pipe. He's always been a dominant force, kind of like Chloe Kim was, I was talking about. But Sean White was, man, I had a video game, um, an Xbox game, the Sean White snowboarding. And I played that. <laughs> That's how good he is. He's just like a um, a hawk uh, and skateboarding. Gets his own video game. Yeah, he's that good at snowboarding. So he had an epic performance again. He did some crazy. I mean, you you gotta watch what he did and compare it from like twenty years ago. What the half pipe was. There is a video and uh, it's a twenty year. I, I tweeted it out there, or retweeted it, um, that it was a comparison between 1998 and 2018 men's half-pipe, and it was the difference between them. And the half-pipe definitely got bigger, and the tricks got, definitely got a lot more crazy. Um, so, yep. He got a gold. All right. February 15th, Michaela Schrift Schifrin. Ladies Giant Slalom, Alpine Skiing. She ended up winning the gold. And she, I think, is the next up-and-comer. Up uh, already is, obviously, yeah, she won gold. But, yeah, she's pretty good. Oh. So, that was it on February 15th. 
February 17th, we had a guy named John Henry Kruger, men's 1,000-meter short track speed skate. He ended up winning silver. That's it for February 17th. February 18th, we had Nick Goper. Gopper. Nick Gopper. Men's ski slope style. Freestyle skiing. He won silver. That's it for February 18th. So, I mean, we're, we're recording here February 21st, 5.33 p.m. Central. And, yeah, our next event that we're talking about, the medals, we're getting close to live action. Um, so, 2.20, nothing on 2.19. 2.20, there's uh, the USA Maya and Alex Shibutani. 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 Ice dance. In the figure skating, so the two of them, the little ice dance, um, yeah, and they ended up winning bronze, heck yeah. And then we had Brittany Sojourney, Britta, Britta, Britta Sojourney, ladies ski half pipe, freestyle skiing, she won bronze. That was pretty cool, ski half pipe. Um, and then today. Today, we had Lindsey Vaughn. Again, if you guys don't know who Lindsey Vaughn is, um, and you're over the age, maybe we'll up it to 20. No. 16 again. If you don't know who Lindsey Vaughn is for the Olympic women's uh, skiing, I mean, downhill, downhill skiing is her, is her thing, and she uh, actually trained a lot on in Burnsville, Minnesota at Buck Hill where I uh boarded at. And yeah. She skied today, 221, and at the ladies downhill, Alpine skiing, and she ended up winning bronze. And you guys should um listen to her and yeah, I probably should just have it replayed on here, but um, her emotional video and words that she was saying in that interview because it was pretty emotional for her because she kind of admitted that her body can't do it anymore and it's going to be her last downhill. Um, but, yeah, she was kind of talking about how her grandfather's, um, how he passed and that he was, she was hoping that she could win him uh, a gold or and whatnot at this Olympics, but he wasn't there. Um, at least I believe that's what I got out of it and yeah i don't know it's a i would watch that interview because it was Lindsay vaughn pretty uh legendary downhill skier um kind of her last hurrah goodbye in a way uh so what else happened today 221 we had three other um events that we got a gold so we picked up some nice we had four medals today uh usa women's team the bobsled I think they technically call it the bobsled. That sounds like spelled, but the bobsled. Uh, they end up getting silver. And the USA women's team, again, let's go. All the women, all the ladies today, uh, USA women team cross-country skiing. The ladies team sprint free <laughs> is the technical uh, 
categorization there. Uh, they ended up winning gold, and this was an epic, another audio that you should listen to is the audio to the finish of this cross-country skiing the, the USA women's team win for gold because it was an epic finish. Uh, yeah, I think it was like Diggins that did it for the team. Uh, she was coming back right at the end and slowly just gaining momentum at the end, passed, and then won it. Um, so I think it was pretty epic, and this was the first cross-country USA um, gold medal. I don't know if it's... I def it's definitely not the gold medal, um, but yeah, it's it could be all medals, but USA have never won gold before, and now they just did, so that's awesome. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to take a drink here with some Gatorade. I should probably make them pay me before I sponsor their product. Um... Yeah, so that okay, so that was it. I mean, today's two twenty one. That's our medal so far, unless unless I missed something very current. But that totals the United States at six gold, four silver, and six bronze. So that um, that's uh, that's all we got right now. Six, four, and six, and the Norway's winning with thirteen, eleven, and nine. So they 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 have us more than doubled up right now total total medals uh but yeah that's the olympics update i definitely wanted to i mean these athletes work so hard i mean they work their butt off and it all comes down to the olympics and then the hosting city pyeongchang uh in south korea i mean they do a lot of work to to put this on so it's um, kind of a big deal um, and i'd like to Call out the names of people putting in this work and showing what each country, what their elite at or their best athlete is in every sport and seeing what, seeing all the countries compete. It's fun to watch. Okay, so that's it for the Olympics. So, the Sports Puzzle, episode 27 podcast. Uh, we're going to swing into the MLB free agency and there's really not much. I mean, there's something I would definitely like to highlight my favorite one very soon here, but, uh, twins specifically the pitchers that they obtained was Annabelle Sanchez. Uh, he's coming over from Detroit. I mean, he's kind of an older dude. Um, and he didn't do that great. The last three, three seasons, and he, I mean, he's, we basically, um, but yeah, okay, I'll just say the name here. So it's Sanchez, Annabelle Sanchez, and Jake Odorizzo, Jake Odorizzi, Jake Odorizzi, 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 all right, I butchered that, Jake Odorizzi, there we go, hopefully that's it, um, I like this one a lot, but I'm going to talk about Annabelle Sanchez first. Sanchez is probably, uh, yeah, brought in here because of Urban Santana having the, f I mean, while he recovers from his finger injury or he had surgery on it. So he's going to be out for at least another, I mean, a month into the season. So, I mean, probably into May, early May to 
who knows with if there could be setbacks. I mean, a finger is a pretty important uh, tool when you're a pitcher, especially your pitching hand. So um, I would say early May sounds like from the reports and stuff I'm reading would be best bet. Uh, but yeah, there's no guarantee to earn a spot on the opening day roster for Sanchez. We did clear up a spot on the on the 40 man um, for Sanchez, um, and that was Trevor May. We put him on the 60 day 60 day DL. Um, Trevor May, when he comes back, he's he's pitched for us before for the Minnesota Twins, and he's proved efficiency. He's I like the way he pitched. Moved him in the bullpen for a little bit, and he did pretty well. Um, but I would like to see him as a possible starting pitcher pitcher again. Um, if we just have another depth, I think Trevor May could be a pretty good player for us if he could come back strong. Uh, but, yeah. Another stat for Anibal Sanchez is he had a, he had a pretty ugly 6 point. 4-1 ERA, earned run average, last year, and hasn't, yeah, been that good lately. But it seems like that name, his name is, he's, he's done well in the past, for, but he's not known to be really a consistent guy, I guess. But, yeah, it's a, it's a we signed him for only a one-year, two-and-a-half million Deal. So it's kind of just a low risk. Uh, in my opinion, there is some upside there. If he could be a solid guy for us, not get injured, and just huck it for five to six innings consistently with, you know, even that ERA down instead of six, maybe low fours can be realistic. But, okay, yeah, that's my take. I'd rank it on a scale of probably like a, 80 out of 100. I mean, a solid 80, like a B. I mean, he went out and got a guy, and pretty cheap. Kind of a proven guy, so pff, might as well. Okay, Jake order easy. Why is that so hard for me to – I just got to figure out how to say that. Uh, but, yeah, I like this move, actually. Man, I'm excited about this move. And according to stud Chris Archer, in quotes – the Twins are getting more than a mid-rotation stabilizer. He is 27 years old, so that's the end of the quotes. Uh, so, yeah, Chris Archer thinks we're just getting more than, uh, you know, a number four uh, guy that we kind of want Sanchez to do, just huck it, you know, five, six, six innings, get that quality start, basically. Six innings and give up three runs or less. Uh, that'd be awesome, but... Uh, he went ten and eight. Order is he? <laughs> went ten and eight with a four point one four ERA last year. So that's pretty good. Low four. I mean, ten and eight. But he did pitch last year with a strained lower back issue. Uh, that was an injury that kind of injured him or hindered his play. Uh, people think he thinks so. Uh, once he got, they did send him to the DL last year and. Once they activated, though, to end the year, the final six starts, here's his numbers. He went 4-1 and one with a 1.72 ERA over his, you know, yeah, like I said, his final six starts. That is great. Uh, I'm very excited for him. For, for him as a pitcher to grow and for the Twins to 
to snag them and watch them grow and help this team out because we really need them. <laughs> and I really hope he can be probably our number two guy, um, in my opinion. Uh, but, yeah, his career numbers now, yeah, like I said, he's only 27 years old. So his career is 40 and 38. So he's so far a winning pitcher uh, with a 3.83 ERA. Uh, that's not bad at all. I'll take that for sure. Uh, so yeah, we got him. So we got this guy from the Tampa Bay, uh, the Rays, the Devil Rays. <coughs> I don't think it's Devil Rays anymore. It's just Rays. And, um, they were kind of doing a fire sale with their, te- with their team this year. <coughs> Excuse me. And we just gave up. Uh, shortstop prospect, Jermaine Palacios. <laughs> oh, man. Palacios. Uh, P-L- P-A-L-A-C-I-O-S. Palasi. Who has been in our system since 2014? So he's been in our, you know, we've had him for three years. He's probably put up some numbers in um Elizabethtown, and uh, he's been putting up numbers. I haven't seen him. What it, I mean, what he's been doing, but I'm assuming they must be in the Rays' best interest to acquire this prospect, um, Jermaine, I'll call him, and see if they can utilize him and give up uh, Jake Orderizzi. <laughs> Hopefully, we have the better end of the deal. I mean, we got. I mean, maybe we got the shortstop Royce Lewis last year's draft. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We don't need him that much anymore. And I, I just, I just am super happy about this trade because I would, I would rank it, rank it up 90, 93 probably out of a hundred. Not, not an A minus. I would give it a solid, solid A. Um. I'm just hoping, I mean, we'll just see, but I have a good feeling about it. Uh, yeah, so that's about it. I'm going to, that's about it for the Twins specifically. Um, well, no, I was going to talk about one other thing about the Twins. Uh, it's, a, it's a thing that's been rolling around, talking around, uh, but I want to talk about Miguel Sano for a little bit here. Um, I just want to talk about its weight because it seems like it's a Natty Lacy fat cheeseburger snow type of thing and he's been getting judged by the weight and i'm just gonna throw out my opinion because i can (laughs) i want to talk about it because other people are talking about it i might as well share what i think about it um so miguel snow his weight when i watch him play i see i don't see fat I see a freaking wall. I see a solid dude. And his legs are, his thighs are ridiculous. His thighs are ridiculous. Um, And I don't know much how much he exactly weighs. Maybe like 275 or something. Um, But... I just can't get over the fact that when I look at Miguel Sano play, I see actually a pretty fast <laughs> human being for his size. And 
not a lot of extra package. Um, but here is the downfall, which has to be a concern in professional athletes, trainers, coaches, decisions, business, is that with that type of force, there comes more injury risk. You are prone to more injuries when you have that mass (laughs) going at crazy... I mean, when he runs and when he just swings the torque um, through his legs, the energy that he has to produce from the ground through that leg, through his waist, into his uh, abdominal muscles, into his arms, and then out the arms, and he release all that energy. That's how physics works. You take the energy from the ground, which is his legs, and it goes through to your bat when you swing a baseball. That's a lot every swing for that mass. I mean, you can say that of a lot of players. So I'm not really going to talk about that. But there is that injury risk. And that shin, um, that shin, that rod that was implemented <laughs> or planted, screwed, uh, sod <laughs> into his shin is concerning. Because he didn't really get over it. He was on my fantasy squad. And they actually ended up trading him for Craig uh, Kimbrell. was a beast. But, yeah, Sano was injured and he didn't really get over it. That shin issue. Um, But you also got to look at what position he plays. Third base. we're, We're paying him money to... I mean, this is what he does. He, he's not known for his speed, so we can put that aside. But he's, we're paying him because, because of his potential for bat. He has the potential to bat 300 um, with a lot of strikeouts, but he does have that potential to bat 300 <laughs> with the walks factored in. Um, he gets singles. He rips the ball. I mean, it's not like he's just going for power every time. He rips it. He gets uh, extra base hits. He can get singles. I mean, he gets RBI. I mean, 120 RBIs um, just to be a beast hitter um, and have 50 home run potential. Obviously, it's there. He could crush 60 home runs. He could lead the AL in home runs this year and take down... The Yankees, Stanton, and Judge. That would be awesome. But that's what we're paying him for. But yeah, we need a solid corner defensive fielder at third base. And my opinion is I don't think he has the best hand eye coordination, like directly when it hits the body. Um, I don't know how to describe that, but it seems like now he's a he's a good third baseman, but there does seem to have a little juggle or not confidence with the glove and the ball. Um, the head is co- consistently down, I guess maybe more is what I see. It's is down until he physically has that ball like stopped in his glove, and then he looks up. But he can fire that ball. He has the arm, which is the big thing for me. Is he has the arm, and he has the ability to sprint up and charge a a slow grounder and make that throw to first baseman. 
that other third basemen's actually can't do because they don't have the arm to make make it up for uh, some of the athletic woes. But Snow's fast. He looks fast. And uh, I don't... I just don't want to participate in this <laughs> weight conversation without going away from it saying it doesn't bother me because it doesn't bother me that much. But I know the trainers and everybody has to has to have it bother them because nowadays you're, you, you have to have the best, what's in the athlete's best interests. And when you do, when you think of all the health, uh, you just go super in depth is that, okay, Snow, yes, you can lose 20 pounds. <laughs> you can lose 15 pounds, maybe only 10. I mean, you could, but I don't want to think about that because Snow's just got to do his thing. He's, he has fun. You just let Snow do his thing. Then he's in, then he gets in a groove. Once Snow's in a groove, then he's on fire. You gotta just let the guy play and not harp so much. And they're not. I think the Twins Ball House or Ball Club is doing a a good job with it. I mean, it's not nothing crazy, but it's just something worth monitoring. Um, and it comes down to business in the end. And we have a very high upside proven talent, um, but everybody knows there's an injury risk with them. So it comes down to... You know, if we wanna if you wanna keep him and give him the money, then you then you kind of gamble with that money on him getting injured. Um, but if we feel like that risk of his injury risk being too great for um, for us for the money that we're willing to risk, where we could maybe spend it on a pitcher or something, then maybe we maybe it would be in the clubs as much as I don't want to say this in the best interest to test the market, and this could be a big year for Snow um, to. One prove for him, for Snow to prove he can stay healthy and just have a killer year, um, and then two for the Twins, um, just to have that that confidence with the injury and just and then also other teams looking like oh man look at what this guy can do if he's you know only misses 10, 15 games in a season and just mashes so yep there's my opinion it's kind of whatever but it's worth monitoring. And I'm excited Snow's on. Snow is on our team, and I hope that domestic, uh, yeah, that domestic um, violence thing uh, shapes up okay. And, you know, there's a suspension. Just take it and deal with it and move on and keep mashing. All right. Uh, other MLB free agency moves is, I guess, I, I don't know if I t- officially on the podcast, stated uh, you Darvish was signed with the Cubs. So that was the guy, the Twins, and like five other teams were really trying to get you Darvish. Uh, he's on the Dodgers, pitching the World Series. Um, he didn't do very good. Uh, but yeah, he signed with the Chicago Cubs, not the Twins. And then J.D. Martinez, um, he signed with Boston. That was pretty recent. Um, so yeah, he's a big, big hitter. Um, he's a stud. From, and he came over from Arizona Diamondbacks to the Boston Red Sox. And I want to talk about some fantasy relevance here with Mookie 
Mookie Betts, um, fan of him. I think he's going to be able to get some more runs this year. But I think the plan is, from what I've been reading, my sources or whatever I'm reading, um, the line at the top four is going to be Mookie, Andrew Benatendi. He was a, a rookie last year, and he's a lefty, plays left field. He is he is some high talent, um, but he can have a slumps. He he had a slump last year, but he's he's going to be a nice fantasy player this year. Hanley Ramirez, old school Hanley, is, and they're saying that he's going to be batting third. And which I mean, I'm okay with that. I mean, why not? See what he's got left. <clears throat> and then J.D. Martinez is going to be batting, like who just got signed with Boston. He's going to be batting cleanup. So I just think um, that's, a, that's a solid start. And Mookie kind of struggled a little bit last year. Maybe he didn't live up to his draft position. But he still crushed it. Uh, but his steals weren't there. But I think uh, J.D. is going to definitely – Help that lineup offensively overall for for all those guys. Uh, but uh, yeah, okay, that's it for that. So we still have Cobb, uh, Lance Lynn, and Jake Arrieta to sign. So three, um, pretty big name guys left to sign. So we'll see what happens. In my opinion, I don't see the Twins snagging one. But, I just don't think it's going to happen. <clears throat> I wouldn't mind. I don't think Arietta's going to happen at all. Lance Lynn versus Alex Cobb. Um, I think I'd rather have Lance Lynn. So, I don't know. I won't talk about that much, but those three are still left to sign. and Otherwise, it's still pretty pretty slow. I mean, Chris Archer was another guy, but it doesn't sound like he's going to get traded anymore, along with really any other Rays now, because they, uh, they, they, like I said, cleaned house, and they got rid of Evan Longoria earlier in the year. He went to the Giants, uh, Jake Orderizzi. He went to the Twins, like I talked about. Steven Souza, he was a pretty solid hitter. Uh, he went to the Diamondbacks. And then Brad Boxberger, he went to the Diamondbacks. And then they... Which is a surprising move is that Corey Dickerson was designated for assignment. Corey Dickerson, he was mashing in the beginning of the year. Uh, he was just doing really good and here and there, but I think he, I don't know what happened. I guess he went cold and can't get out of the slump or something, but I don't know if the Rays don't want him in their system anymore or if uh, someone else is just going to scoop him up. But Corey Dickerson probably will, will be up in the majors for the Rays. I mean, or if he gets traded, or not traded, but yeah, you know what I mean. Um, leaves the team for another team. Um, I don't know, we'll see what happens, but Corey Dickerson is pretty good. But apparently not. All right, so that's about it for my MLB free agency talk. Uh, but the Twins do tomorrow, February 22nd, the Twins do play the Gophers, Minnesota Golden Gophers, uh, tomorrow at Hammond Stadium in Fort Myers at 5.05 p.m. Central Time. So about, you know, 24 hours from 
well, 23 hours from now, uh, they'll be playing a game together. They're there in Florida, Fort Myers. So, yep, you can tune into that if you want to see some action. I don't know who's pitching. It could be Alberto Mejia or maybe Kyle Gibson. Um, it's not exactly sure. Uh, okay, so that's, yep, that's MLB. Getting pretty stoked for the MLB to start. Let's go. All right, MLB All-Star. So I'm going to go over some of the game stats. So the physical, the physical, the, the main event the All-Star game uh, was Team LeBron versus Team Steph. So LeBron James and Steph on Steph Curry decided to – well, they didn't decide, but, yeah, they drafted their own teams, basically. That's what they do for this All-Star game. They draft their own teams from any NBA player they want. Um, well, they have to get nominated to All-Star game, but, uh, yeah. That game was good. It was high scoring, like 148 to 145. And uh, LeBron's team had a 28 to 12 comeback in the final. So that's like a the comeback or the run they had in the final six minutes. Uh, their defense did uh, that last play that I watched was, well, with maybe some of the people watched. But if you didn't, it was they were down three, uh, Team Steph. They were down three with whatever seconds, like uh, maybe like 11, eh, maybe like six to not many seconds left. Just it was their last possession, basically the last shot. Um, but they passed it to Steph. There was like a pick, I believe. And then they passed it to Steph. He went to the, um, to the uh, behind the arch because they needed three, obviously. And, LeBron and then Durant ended up double-teaming him and following him around the, the arch and kind of just forced him to just kind of not be able to do anything. There were just walls closing in on him, and, uh, yeah, Curry, like, didn't even really get up a shot. Or they passed it at the last second, and I think the guy, uh, who was it? There was a shot. Didn't even get a shot off in time, basically. So they had no chance. Um, yeah, Team LeBron won. And LeBron uh, won his third All-Star MVP. So LeBron, he went off. Uh, he got the he got the MVP award, and it was well-deserving. And I am going to actually share the stats of the teams um, and then you'll kind of know who was involved if you didn't know. Um, and, yeah, I guess I'll just do that. So let me, uh, whoop, let me get this up again here. Man, this was just a little more defense than normal, but it was still high scoring. Okay, so Team LeBron, the winning team was Kevin Durant. With 19, I'm going to go points, rebounds, assists. And then I might throw in a field goal percentage. Or the, yeah. So Durant had 19, 6, and 5. LeBron James had 29, 10, and 8. The MVP numbers. Anthony Davis, the Brow, had 12, 2, and 1. Last year, I believe the Brow got 51 points. 
And he won... Did he win the MVP? I'm sure he did. Uh, but yeah, he had, like, he had the most points, I think, in an All-Star game. Uh, Kyrie Irving, 13-7-9. Russell Westbrook, 11-8-8. Paul George, 16-5-4. Andrew Drummond, uh, Andre Drummond, 16... 16. Uh, 14 points, 3 rebounds, 0 assists. Bradley Beal, 14-0-0. Victor Oladipo, 7-2-3. Kemba Walker, 11-2-1. Gorgi, no, that's not. Uh, Dragic, 2-4-1. Uh, okay, that was Team LeBron stats. Team Steph. Uh, let's get the stats here. The Greek Freak, Gio, onto the Kamanopa. That was bad. 16-7-2. DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan. 21-6-2. Joel Embiid. He might have been MVP if Team Steph won. But he went 19-8-1. Steph Curry. 11-6-5. Just, just 11 points, Team, 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 team Steph. 4-14 on the field goal percentage. On the attempts and... Yeah, makes. So, uh... Come on, Team Steph, but that's why, not why he lost, but yeah, maybe. All right, James Harden, 12-7-8. Kyle, La Kyle Lowry, 4-7-11. Kyle Thompson. <laughs> Kyle Thompson. Uh, Clay Thompson, Kyle Lowry, had 15-4-0. Damian Lillard, 21-3-2. Cat, Carl Anthony Towns. Minnesota Timberwolves represent 17-10-0. Then we had Draymond Green, 3-5-2. Al Horford, you know, just a little 6-5-2. Jimmy Butler, DNP, did not play. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and the reason being is he was too hungover to play. And, you know, he was just going to sit back and chill. So Jimmy Butler did not play. All right, there's the NBA um, stats of that game. So I want to talk about some other of the All-Star game. Um, so I'm going to be done with that and then talk about some other All-Star things that went down. So Fergie uh, had a horrible review, or just horrible reviews overall on her national anthem that she gave before the game. And basically she said she took a risk and it didn't work out. She's trying to be different, but yeah, I listened to it today, and I just, yo, know, I wasn't a fan, but uh, yeah, she just tried to do too much, I don't know. So that was a headliner, uh, but it was great seeing the Living Legends uh, again, kind of seeing them every year. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The Brow. Anthony Davis. We were talking about earlier. He wore uh, Buggies jersey to Mark's Cousins. Uh, he went down with an Achilles tear, and he was just showing his support out there. <clears throat> so that was a headliner. Uh, the future star game was suggested uh, from what we saw is that we have some nice up-and-coming talent. I would say that of that game. Um, the three-point challenge. 
that happens every year. And there was records broken. The Sun star Devin Booker. He ended up winning against Clay Thompson, Golden State Warriors. Uh, he won the guy who ended up winning up last year. But the record that Devin broke was points in the final round. He knocked down 20 of 25 shots. 20 to 0 of 25 shots. He missed five shots. Wow. Beyond the arc. And he got 28 points. So, yeah. Devin Booker is pretty good. He puts up a lot of points. He's just coming back from an injury too, so Clay Thompson's good too. It was a good. It was a good. It was a good matchup. Okay, and then the last thing of the NBA All Star Week that we're going to talk about is the dunk contest. Donovan Mitchell is pretty good at basketball. He took down Larry Nance Jr. for the title. Um, yeah, Donovan Mitchell's last dunk, uh, was kind of in respect to Vince Carter, definitely, because he was wearing an old school, uh, rapper's <laughs> Vince Carter jersey, which was awesome, and he did his kind of spinning, and then, like, the gooseneck kind of dunk, I don't know how to explain it, but you know what it is, and he kind of replicated it somewhat, and one for it, and the judges, you got to give the judges what they want, you got to know your judge, and they liked what Donovan Mitchell was throwing down during the dunk contest, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. had a pretty sweet behind the leg, or between the legs, one, uh, Larry Nance had one kind of off the backboard, and then off the backboard again, he threw it and dunked, that was, that was interesting, but yeah, Donovan Mitchell, Utah Jazz guy, and he's up and coming stud. Okay, let's say with the NBA All-Star Week. I'm excited for basketball, the regular season basketball to start back up. We've got 21 games left. Um, but yeah, speaking of, I guess, one more NBA thing with the Timberwolves, uh, we do have a tough schedule. We've got Houston, I believe, a couple times. Um, Golden State Warriors a couple times, maybe even more. But... We, we got a pretty tough schedule, apparently, coming up here. And we're only three and a half games ahead of the Clippers in ninth place. So the, the team that's out of the playoffs, that, the first team out of the playoffs that would take our spot is only three and a half games behind us. And I just don't want to take the playoffs for granted right now after thinking about that we only have 21 games left. And you got every win is huge. So let's keep on winning, winning Timberwolves and... And, uh, yeah, let's make those playoffs. First time in, like, more than 10 years. All right. That's about all I'm going to talk about on this podcast, actually. For the sporting, I guess, or the sporting, the sports side, which is the main side, but I like to throw in some random stuff there, too, at the end. Um, so I'm just going to get in to it. I was going to talk about some golfing. Uh, shout out to Bubba Watson on winning, uh, I went out on the PGA Tour, and I have the spring fever. I officially have the spring fever of wanting the warmth to come to Minnesota, get that green grass, and start going out and golfing, because I absolutely love golfing. 
And I think we're going to be pretty much for sure going to be joining a league this year. Just do nine holes, Valleywood. I think it's technically Apple Valley, um, obviously. But, yeah, a little par three, a couple par fours where you can whip out your uh, – hybrids or three wood or i mean you could drive do a light driver too um sorry for the background riley wants uh my dog wants me to throw a ball at him um yeah stoked for the spring to come march madness is coming up three weeks away and um yep. whirly ball and yes i said whirly ball it is spelled W-H-I-R-L-Y ball. I played that. It's a new sport for me. Well, I don't know if you can call it a sport, but I played a new game, a new event over the weekend with eight guys, like four on four. Uh, it's Whirly Ball in Maple Grove, Minnesota. And if you've been there, you know what I'm going to be talking about, but... It's kind of a – we went to the Whirly Ball Maple Grove because of our good friend Jordan. Uh, he's getting married in three – Thursday, Friday, like three days on Saturday. Um, and we're just doing kind of a little mini – another little bachelor or just a guy get-together before he gets married. And so, yeah, we, we played Whirly Ball, which is go – or not go-karts, but bumper cars – Basically, in and you steer it. It's not like the bumper cars where it needs something attached on the ceiling. You're like basically in a basketball court, size enclosed. The walls are uh, surrounding you, and it's just one like basketball court. And um, the object of the game is to use your little wiffle ball. That's the ball that we use. So you use a wiffle ball, and it's you know, a little bit bigger than, between a baseball and a softball size. And you had those old school scoopers, like those plastic scoopers that are actually curved. So you can kind of like fling it. That is the tool. So that you're in a bumper car strapped in. Then you have this plastic curved wiffle ball holder and flicker. And then there's a wiffle ball on the court and you're four on four of your friends trying to get this ball in the goal is a basketball hoop without the hoop, and it's just the backboard. But then it's, if you hit the wiffle ball on the backboard, not it doesn't count. There has, there's a sensor, which is probably like a two feet by two feet square in the middle, direct middle of the, this basketball backboard. And you have to fling this wiffle ball and have it hit that. Uh, and the height is about 10 feet, like normal hoop sizes and, you got to hit that sensor to get a point. So you do that. We were, I think we are doing like nine-minute games and squads 4v4, four, four four and you just start playing. You're on the bumper cars. Or you, to steer it, you just sit in it, sit in the bumper car, um, and you have quite a bit of leg space. Um, I mean, it's just go or not go with the pedal, and then it's just kind of like a stick shift. Uh just imagine like a stick and they, but you have to go 360 to go into reverse and like another 360 turn it to go forward. It sounds confusing when they kind of described it. I mean, it, it's pretty simple. You just 
rotated 360 to go one way, rotated another 360 to go the other way, and then you kind of steer. So you just figure it out while you go, basically, and it's you catch on in a minute how to steer. Uh, but, yeah, it's fun. I would highly recommend uh, going there. They have a nice bar, uh, lots of craft beer selection, uh, definitely good enough. Um, they had some like three or four pool tables right in the open. They have a nice big open area and then some arcade games there as well. And then they had two of those whirly ball, uh, courts, but I think, yeah, you want to call, you definitely want to call and reserve a spot. Um, just make sure you got reserve hours, but yeah, I wanted to give that a little shout out and let the world or whoever's listening know that, um, that would be a fun, different thing to try with a group of, group of buddies. I mean, girls can play, I mean, whoever. But you can max is five on five. We did four on four. All right, so the last thing is the random thing is gaming. I mean, still gaming, and gaming's awesome. Uh, I changed my Xbox gamer tag to Sports Puzzle. So, yeah, if anybody listeners want to add me, I mean, I mean, I mainly play PUBG. So, but then I did download Fortnite. I did play a game of it. Um... I do play Madden. I mean, I play FIFA, play NHL. Uh, I got I mean, Halo. Halo's awesome. I used to play that. I still have them, so I could play. But, yeah, uh, go ahead and add Sports Puzzle. All just one word, all lowercase, just Sports Puzzle. And perhaps play some something on Xbox together. Uh, but, yeah, PUBG, uh, I was just going to talk about one event, so Player Unknown Battlegrounds. I've talked about this a couple of times now in a few different episodes, but it's like the Hunger Games. It's a plane drops you in. You have no equipment, no gun. There's 100 people if you're doing a solo, so it's 1 versus 100 people or 1 versus 99. And you have to drop down from this airplane. The map is huge. You have to go to buildings and get your gear and whatnot. But anyways... If you want me to, I, I kind of go in more depth in other episodes. And, uh, yeah, I kind of call it out in the description, too, if I would talk about it. Um, but but the winner, winner, chicken dinner is what I'm going to talk about because that's what you get if you win and beat 99 other people. Uh, I've only done it once in PUBG solo mode so far. I've played it a lot, too. <laughs> I've probably played 100 solo matches. I've only won one, and that's probably that's your odds of winning, <laughs> basically, and that's about I'm playing my odds right now, and yeah, but I had a sweet, uh, well, I should say a squad. There's four of us. Um, oh boy, I should probably have thought of who was on it, but I think I can. Carl, Travis, and Mitch. Yep, that's what it was. Um, so shout out to Carl, Travis, and Mitch for, uh, and then me. So that's squad of four. That's max you can go. Uh, but we ended up going to the end of it. We ended up winning, and everybody was still alive. So we basically did the whole match like perfectly. None of us died at the end. We were all those four of us remaining versus nobody. We wiped them out, and the match started with me like seeing us. A guy running in the woods, coming like right when you're dropping from the airplane and about to land. Um, I mean, you can choose where to land wherever, but I was kind of following my team, and then there's a kind of a straggler who I 
maybe he was solo, but we saw some other guys land. But I saw he was kind of like dropped. I was ready to drop, and he was kind of in the trees and the grass area where you have to run a decent amount to get to the building. So I decided to land my parachute and guide it, like, pretty much right by him, landed. Just expecting to get into, like, a gunfight, like, running a little bit kind of towards my teammates. And uh, one of the guy's teammates, other, yeah, the guy that I'm, like, chasing, we're kind of punching here and there, but not really, and then we get to the buildings, and then I'm telling my team that I'm luring this guy, or this guy's coming, and they they came out, and they were locked and loaded and ready, and but this other guy started shooting at me from this other guy's team, so I'm like, oh, shit, but luckily my team, uh, Carl, Travis, Mitch, they were out there, um, Carl, and I think got maybe the kill, uh, but it doesn't really matter, um, it was just a great team effort, that's the beauty of this game, is working as a team and doing things like that, like, communicating and i was like all right i'm getting kind of shot here i'm running back towards you guys and like all right and they came up with the guns they took down kind of the straggler they also took down um i believe the guy that was shooting at me um but yeah we ended up taking that team out in the beginning and then we had another sweet uh takeout uh where people mitch travis carl is getting kills um and it was just a good team effort until the end. We were in a building, um, and we were kind of – we all had some decent, really good scopes because <laughs> we got we killed some people right away that had scopes in the game, I believe. Uh, and we were just kind of sniping people out for long-distance shootings with like a four times. Um, I had an eight times, I believe, on my uh, SKS – no, I just had it four times, I think. But, uh, yeah, we were kind of chilling that building because the circle was right in the middle, and we were just sitting good, and the building was safe, and we were seeing enough outside that we could stay there. And, uh, yeah, the last kill ended up, like, a team came in. Again, my teammates wiped them out. I only ended up getting one kill on this win, but my one kill was at the end. <laughs> last guy, I'm like, oh, I took my scope through a window. I caught this guy by the blue. Like, he just ducked by, like, a tree in the shadows. And I got my scope up. Saw him. The scope pretty much was right on the head. I just, I think I it was, like, right on the head. I maybe moved it, like, a little bit and just pulled the trigger right away. And boom! Winner, winner, chicken dinner. And I didn't know that was the last guy at the time. So it was just like, bam! And then that popped up. And I'm just like, yeah! <laughs> it was an awesome win and everybody uh we were all four still alive and we did it so yeah it's like playing all the oh man that's it just gets your heart pumping at the end and it gets intense and once you win though whoo sweet that's just <laughs> your heart starts pumping all right so that's more PUBG talk that's what i've mainly been playing um so yeah all right, well, I think I'm going to sign us out here. What are we at? 59 minutes. Man, just under an hour. That's perfect. So, okay. This is Brandon. Again, Sports Puzzle Podcast. Uh, Five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Write a positive comment. That would help tremendously. Twitter, we're communicating on there, at Sports Puzzle. Um, yes, hit us up on Twitter. Facebook, iHeartRadio, just search for us, Sports Puzzle, anywhere. Uh, Okay, so this is Brandon. 
Peace out, sports homies.